Hey, this is Diamond Rings, and you're listening to The Interview Show.
Welcome to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host, and today I have John from Diamond Rings with me, and we are sitting in the best bar in the Biltmore ever. Hi, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So, over the past year since you've been on my show, things have changed radically. You've put out a whole album, you've toured the UK, you've gone all over the place. This is your last interview of the day, then you get to do whatever you want and go do your show. So what question do you hate getting asked? Cut loose a little bit, John, from Diamond Rings. Um, do I hate getting asked? Yeah. Um, nothing really. I think every question that I do get asked, um, I really like interviews. I don't really understand when when artists, you know, try to avoid them or claim that, you know. Fair enough. Now, I remember the last interview where I talked with you. I tried to get you to talk about the person who all your songs were <laughs> written about. And you were pretty cagey there. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe some questions I don't really... Um, want to answer maybe that would be one um I'm, I'm into talking about my music and um you know the reasons behind i do what i do but i think for sure maybe um i think there needs to be not necessarily an element of secrecy but there's got to be um some things i think are better left unsaid and um there's a certain um richness that i think enhances the music when it's left open for interpretation, and I still believe that. My favorite songs, you know, are um, are the ones where I can attach my own meaning and my own ideas to the lyrics. You know, when I found out that, like, most of Jagged Little Pills, like, supposedly written about Uncle Joey from Full House, like, that really kind of ruined it for me. Not that I was a big Alanis fan to begin with, you know, but um, for sure, I think I think that that some things are, are better left to the imagination. Cool. So are you ready for some, like, fluffier questions? Sure. Okay, so right now... Whatever you want to ask. <laughs> so who in music right now would you like to make over a la Diamond Rings? Or in any way, who do you think needs to go through what you've gone through in terms of, like, changing yourself? Uh, oh, man. I mean... I, 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 I couldn't even say, I think... I think one of the reasons people are into what I'm doing right now is because it's sincere and it's honest and it's real. It's not like, uh, you know, some style team or, or some guy trying to do the latest whatever. You know, it comes from a place that's real and honest and organic. And you can't fake that and you can't force that on anybody. Um, it's got to come from within. If, if people don't want to go there... It's a waste of time to try to, to try to get them to that place, um, and and to be honest, you know, like if there was someone else that I thought that was doing what I was doing, I'd, I'd fucking stop and switch it up. That's when it's time to, to get fresh, you know. Like um, I do what I do to be different more than anything, um, and uh, you know, <laughs> that's that's part of that whole process of consistently reinventing and reimagining. Um, yourself in a new way staying staying relevant staying new hey this is Diamond Rings and you're listening to The Interview Show laying down in a dying forest buried underneath the leaves not knowing if I should ever come out not knowing my own disease give me time I wanna write my story
Canada are familiar with me first as, you know, the singer in the Durbervilles and, you know, which was, uh, you know, these nice kids from Southern Ontario in a rock band, you know, I, I couldn't, I kind of blew my chance to, you know, really like arrive on the scene like a Bowie or someone with like a fake last name and a whole, you know, I'm not, I'm not like Bob Dylan pretending to be in the circus, let's just say, you know, I, I think that people do know a lot about, about me and what I do and where I live. And, um, so I wouldn't really say that it's about building a mystique as much as just crafting an identity that's all encompassing and considered. Um, it's not something that I do to alienate people. It's something that I do to enhance the overall product. Yeah. And I agree. I think a great mystique can be great for any kind of performer. Okay, um, as you mentioned, you're in the Durbervilles. Is it inevitable that all frontmen go solo? Um, no. Um, I think uh, people do what's right for them as artists. And um, in my case, I had this batch of songs that I've been working on. And uh, uh, to be honest, a bunch of them I brought to the band. And, and you know, the guys didn't, didn't want to work on them. And... Um, and that's fine. You know, what we do as a group is is really intensely collaborative and uh, so far and away different than what I'm doing on my own. I think it's inevitable um, that anyone who's committed to being a career artist maybe not necessarily go solo but explore different facets of their own personality and find different ways to express themselves. 
I never want to be any one thing to anyone. Um, and that goes for diamond rings as well. You know, it's a project that's going to grow and change and develop. I, I, I don't have any intention or any desire to sort of recreate something to the point of it becoming static or a parody of itself. So, given that Special Affections is now done and out there in the universe, what's the weirdest or funniest piece of feedback you've gotten from the guys in the Durbervilles? Um, uh, nothing funny. Um, nothing really weird either. Um, I'm not even. I'm not even sure if if all of them have heard the entire record. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know they're supportive of what I'm doing in the same way that I'm supportive of all of their own individual and side projects as well um, for a long time I was the only member of the band not playing with another group or performing on my own um, I think that's healthy for any any group um, dynamic that people have other interests and other ways of expressing themselves um, so I think just the fact that you know they're affording me the time to go off and do my thing and and have the experiences that I've been fortunate enough to have is, is great. And I really respect and admire, you know, the group for that. When the time is right, we're going to get back on the horse and, and blow people's minds. Awesome. I can't wait. Now, I was doing a little bit of reading research for this interview, and I read that Diamond Rings, or so it was claimed, came from, it was birthed from a, like a negative health experience that you had where you're spending a lot of time in the hospital. Is that true or false? The songs, Yeah. Um, of course it's true, yeah. Like, I mean, it was an exclaim, and I think that was the first uh, interview that I'd done where I really kind of opened up and talked about that experience outside of my kind of immediate circle of friends. Hey, this is Diamond Rings, and you're listening to The Interview Show. Need some provocation and I'm down. 
Diamond Rings, and you're listening to The Interview Show. But yeah, sure. I, I got sick when I moved to Toronto. I got diagnosed with Crohn's and spent uh, my first summer in the city in the hospital with a, a shitty Casio keyboard and a guitar and wrote a bunch of the songs that are now on the record. Um, and from that point, it was just a matter of finding the best way to to get those songs out. I didn't want them to just exist in my own mind. I wanted to record them. I wanted to have them, you know, stand up as, as artifacts, as documents of a specific time and a place in my own life. And, and uh, that was something new and exciting for me to try out. And given that I was, you know, seemed kind of like, I thought like, well, why stop there? Why stop just with the songs? Why not try different sonic textures, different recording techniques, um, different sound, a different identity almost in a way, um, I guess. And, and as, you know, to a lot of people, I think it, it, Diamond Ring seems to be this fully formed thing that I just kind of thought up one day and then, and then executed flawlessly or something. But, you know, for any of my friends in and around Toronto who kind of, you know, saw me in the year, you know, that it took leading up to, to releasing this record, there's this a huge learning curve and, and a whole bunch of mistakes and a whole bunch of things that you know that I had to experience and go through before things really arrived at the point where they are now and and I'm still not really you know fully satisfied with where it's at and and again that's that's part of the creative process right learning from your mistakes and always finding new ways to grow you know I started out the first show say because there, there you know has to be a first for everything the first the first show where I really kind of I'd say uh went all out in terms of the makeup, the outfits, the whole kind of look, I guess, that people have come to associate with the project to date. Um, I'll move closer to you. That was, um, uh, that was, uh, like, um, sorry, (laughs) totally lost my train of thought. Um, that, that was like a really big, you know, kind of a big leap, you know, now, now it's kind of become something that's more kind of consistent and, um, uh, uh, this fucking phone is annoying the shit out of me. Who's calling diamond rings? Fucking manager. I can't just, sorry. Okay. I'm going to text him back. Um, is this top secret diamond rings business? No, it's probably really mundane business about renting a car and uh, an amplifier for the show. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm imagining that you're renting a tiger print car. <laughs> I wish, maybe in 2012. Um, but no, what was I going to say? Um, at, at the outset, you know, the whole kind of look and image, I think, came as a really big shock to people. And like anything... Um, you know anything that you do with repetition and it becomes uh normalized in a way you know it becomes expected um and i think uh for me at least you know a lot of uh, those ideas um weren't necessarily at the core of what i was trying to do i didn't really set out to make any sort of real political statement other than you know wanting to just express myself in a way that that felt right and felt honest and real and fun and exciting and dynamic and like all those things you know that give something life and energy those those were all kind of being poured into 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 what I was trying to create on stage and what I'm still trying to do um so so yeah you know I think like 
going back and, and having some really well-educated friends kind of like school me on a bunch of things was, was really useful. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's about, it's about being myself, about being happy in my own skin and, and, and just, just doing what I want, you know, and hopefully what other people can take from that is, is the idea that they too can, can also just, you know, be free to fully express themselves at, at my shows and, and otherwise, you know? Cool. So when you put on the full, you know, the really out there Diamond Rings costumes, can you talk a little bit about like what you're playing with there? Um, to me, it's all it's all you know the elements of design. It's texture, color, shape, form, um, all those things that I spent my time in school learning about. It's another way for me to to be creative and be expressive. Um, there's something really liberating about. Um, you know, marking your own skin. And maybe it's maybe it's that I'm like too much of a wimp for for you know piercings and tattoos because I don't really like needles or whatever. But <laughs> I think I think there's you know um, there's something really really powerful about really kind of owning you know your own image and your own body in 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 the way that I do, and um, it's addictive in in a in a way in a good way in a healthy way. Um, there's there's just something really uh, just really invigorating about the process of kind of like changing your look, reinventing yourself. Um, I think it's essential for any artist, both musically and otherwise. You know that they're consistently trying to find new ways to present themselves and to think about themselves and consider themselves as people. So. Um, that's really that's really at the core, like what it's about. It's about feeling good in my own skin, and and trying to give people a really good show. Cool. Thank you very much for sitting down with us yeah. in this bar. <laughs> no problem. Also, I would love it if you could take one song off the record. I think the song that I would like to end on would be "It's Not My Party," but if you want to switch it up, <laughs> be my guest and talk a little bit about that song as I bring it up. Sure. Um, yeah, It's Not My Party is a fine song. Um, we can talk about that. I wrote that um, shortly after, um, you know, moving to the city. And I think like a lot of people who go somewhere new, you're kind of like just trying to find find your way, find, you know, the neighborhoods you want to hang out in, find the friends you want to hang out with. And um, for me, that meant moving around a bunch when I first arrived in Toronto and uh, wrote that song shortly after moving to yet another you know, apartment, and um, like a lot of the songs on the record, but maybe even more so than most, it just really explicitly kind of deals with those themes of, of relocation and restlessness and uncertainty, I guess, in a lot of ways, and um, that's what it's about. It's about just, you know, moving on, moving towards something new, not necessarily knowing if it's going to be a good fit, but... Um, you know, just, just going with it, going with the flow and, and seeing what happens. Hey, this is Diamond Rings, and you're listening to The Interview Show. We drove away inside a three-wheeler Across the pavement that we called our turf Blown by the wind across the cold outer Like dirty leaves and an old power can burn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
is good, we're told But when do grown-ups just become plain old? Left on the vine until the frost bites cold Like broken flowers buried in the snow Candle when the lights go 